the college football experience, Missouri Tigers 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks brought to you by Patreon. Yes, score exclusive perks and content available only to our Patreons uh, at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Check it out and remember, folks, as always, to let it ride. Hey, this is Derek Stevens. I'm the owner of Circa Las Vegas. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Episode. Uh, I'm excited to talk M- Mizzou football, and uh, yeah, it's a brand new year, brand new, brand new, uh, you know, brand new, brand new team in a way. We'll talk all about it. We got a new offensive coordinator coming in. Uh, perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. My name is Colby Swinging Database Dad, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Yes. Talking a little we tigers. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. Orgeron said it for LSU, but we could use it for Missouri. I'm excited to talk about them and a pivotal year, perhaps. And you know, I think we, uh, much to the chagrin, 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 chagrin <laughs> uh, of Missouri fans. We were we were uh, spot on last year, I believe. I am joined by my co-host. Give it up for former, former. Uh, you know, Herndon Basketball League MVP, the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lot giving, former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP, giving up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's going on, man? Let's get it going, buddy. Talk a little Mizzou football. The new, new day and age. All right. No more divisions after this season. New offensive coordinator coming in. But let's start things off by, you know, we got a lot of pushback last year. You know, to uh, Mizzou fans credit, that that's just a sign of a, of a good, healthy fan base is that if they disagree with something we say about their team, they come at us. We don't mind that. Please yeah. come at us. If you think that we're wrong, sometimes we might be wrong, but I think more often than not, we're probably on the uh, uh, more corrector side of things. Correct. And uh, look, if you hopefully watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, cause NC Nick's wearing a filthy, filthy t-shirt, a future sec opponent, Yeah, future sec opponent. But let's talk about a season ago before we really, uh, you know, dive into to stuff here. We called for the under, I believe it was at six and a half. 
And, same as this year. <laughs> and yes, yeah, same as this year. Ain't nothing changed. But uh <laughs> we we uh we hit on that. I mean, you look back at their wins. I guess the only really good I mean, I guess you could say South Carolina and Arkansas, two good wins. Other than that, a bad Louisiana Tech team, a really bad Louisiana Tech team in Sonny Cumbie's first game. Abilene Christian in a, actually was a little bit closer than probably they would have liked. A three point win against Vanderbilt. And then you beat South Carolina, New Mexico State, and Arkansas. That's not a great year. Uh so we were right on the under. But at the same time, we also thought that they might can Eli Drinkwitz. Well, it turned out, I think before the season started, he signed an extension. <laughs> well, that which which had us all a little little confused here. What do you make of uh, last season and Drinkwitz? You know, I, I, let me pull this up here. But I believe well, I, well, he's still on the hot seat, so he's entering year four now. And his 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 so far he's he's seventeen and nineteen. Overall, with Missouri, and he's eleven and fourteen in conference. You're only going to get so many years with that kind of record. Yeah, you know, yeah. the first year was COVID, five and five, get him a little bit of a break. And then he has back to back six and seven seasons. Um, Missouri, in general, they haven't won a bowl game since 2014. So the two seasons were six and six regular seasons, and then he's lost to Wake Forest and Army in bowl games. Which, look, I know bowl games don't really matter, but for fan bases. They still do. And I think if you're an SEC team, you expect to beat Army and Wake Forest. So right now he has not been able to get Missouri over the hump. And uh year four is a huge year. Again, if, if they're six and six again, he's I don't know. Is he fired then? Or did they, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I thought he was gonna get fired after last season, so I'm gonna say <laughs> yes. But uh but you know. Especially knowing that there's an Urban Meyer out there, could you imagine that if they landed Urban Meyer? Um, but you know, that's my Patty C take for the day. Um, well, one thing that one reason why they kept him, you know, there was he was recruiting really well. Um, two years ago, he had the 18th best class in the country and sixth best in the SEC. You know, that's bringing in talent. This year, uh, 34th in the country, which isn't bad, but 13th in the sec. So if you're not winning that many games and if recruiting starting to suffer a little bit, then there, there's a couple more reasons why uh, you might not be long for Columbia. Well, and if the portal, like it, you're only, if you're bringing in a, a great recruit and he's only there for a year or two and he leaves, I think there's a, there's too much, too much. We make too much of what is, you know, essentially like the, the recruiting class because sure. Uh, I'll I'll hit on it in a little bit here. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. We're going to talk about uh, the offense, defense, special teams. We're going to go game by game on the Mizzou Tigers uh, schedule. Uh, but before we do all that, I want to tell you that the Missouri Tigers 2023 season preview episode is brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Yes, do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up. For the SGP Patreon, there are a ton of exclusive content, contests, and merch just for our patrons. Uh, so, plus a monthly SGP SGP Stories podcast. Yes, you can find out about that time I took a a mulch a mulch nap at East Carolina, uh, and an ad free, uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. 
There is uh there's even a, di- a discord channel just for the patrons. So uh, you got to check it out. All right. That sports gambling podcast. Patreon is the, uh, is a great way to, uh, to, to score exclusive perks and support SGPN. Once again, sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon that sports gambling podcast.com slash Patreon. All right. We are back on the college football experience, Missouri Tigers preview. So uh Let's Can I draw a parallel for you real quick. You guys just did the uh, Maryland preview. Is Missouri the Maryland of the SEC East? Beat the teams they're supposed to beat, never beat anybody above them. Average every year, barely get into a bowl game. They're not they're not doing awful. They're not doing great. Yeah. They bring in talent, but they they should beat Army. <laughs> but yeah, they but should. yeah. Um <laughs> But I see what you're doing now. I will say Gary Pinkle when he first came to the SEC, he went to a couple SEC championships. That's, but Gary Pinkle, a lot more. Gary Pinkle's like a once in a lifetime coach there. So uh, one other quick stat: Eli Drinkwitz on the road in SEC play with Missouri is just three and eleven with whew. two wins over SC and one win over Vandy. So they haven't really beaten anybody on the and, road. And he, here's my problem. Years. Here's my problem. People say, Oh, the sec is so tough there. And sure. It's a tough conference, but you're in the sec East. And guess what? You draw Arkansas every year from the West. So you got no excuses in my opinion here. You know what I mean? Like you play, I I'm sorry, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, South Carolina, they're all solid, but you should be able to win some of those. And then when you add in Arkansas to that mix, which you get every year, I think you should be, you should be winning more. Um, let's, let's key in on uh, what I want to touch based on the transfer portal here. We're great. We will grade the, uh, the transfer portal from, you know, if we thought they uh, won it or lost it, but uh, some of the stuff I was talking about earlier, I think kind of, kind of goes hand in hand with the transfer portal right. departing in the transfer portal was defensive lineman, Arden Walker. He went with uh Deion Sanders and coach prime. He says, we coming. Colorado Buffalo now. Uh tight end Gavin McKay went to the FCS in Mercer. Cornerback Marcus Scott is now a California Golden Bear. Uh offensive tackle Luke Griffin is a Purdue Boilermaker. Uh running back Taj Butts is in the portal. Defensive lineman Ian Matthews is in the portal. Uh wide receiver Zach Hahn is in the portal. Uh defensive end Daniel wrote Robledo is in the portal. And this was a big one here to me. Uh, Trahan Jeffcoat, who was what all SEC defensive or uh, uh, first team defense two two years ago, I believe. He transfers to Arkansas. What? That's that's <laughs> supposed to be their rival. Right. What what's what what where's my where where where's my sound effects here? I can't find it right now. Here we go. I mean, that's brutal. That's brutal sure. right there. Um, then, uh, running back Elijah young is also in the portal. Um, wide receiver Toski dove uh, heads out to the Memphis tigers. Um, they play each other this year. That's true in a filthy NFL corporate game, but uh, offensive tackle Hiron white heads out to SMU, the Mustangs cornerback, Les Hewitt also in the portal uh, quarterback, Tyler Macon heads to all corn state. Uh, linebacker Zachary Lovett to Iowa State. That was a nice get for the Cyclones. Uh, linebacker Devin Nicholson to Kent State, and this is the big one: Dominic Lovett to the Georgia Bulldogs. Dominic Lovett was a beast receiver for them a year ago. 
this is my point on like, if you're bringing it with Jeff coat and love it, and I got to get to a few more here, but what's the point of those great recruiting classes? If, uh, and you could say, well, love, it wasn't that, that big of a recruit, but it doesn't matter to me. Like if you're losing your best players, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, argue. You could make a very good argument that they lost their best offensive and best defensive player to the portal. Yeah, and then and then uh, I'm not even done here. So cornerback Darius Jackson, the Texas State defensive end, Travion Ford, who was a four-star transfer, get for the Toledo Rockets, uh, and uh, safety Jelani Williams, uh, all gone. Now incoming. Uh, they landed Houston offensive tackle Cameron Johnson. That was a nice get for them. I believe he started with the Houston Cougars. They got quarterback Jake Garcia, four-star transfer Patty C's boy who we <laughs> thought like he thought when Van Dyke went down at Miami, he was like, Oh, Garcia's going to light it up. Not necessarily the case, uh, but he transfers in big time recruit. I'm surprised to see that he didn't beat out Brady cook and, and, and for spring. Uh, so a bit concerned there, but you got to love getting that for quarterback depth. Um, sure. Then Eastern Michigan offensive tackle Marcellus Johnson. I love what Chris Creighton does. Uh, so I think that's a nice get for them. Safety Travez Johnson from the Florida Gators. Pretty disgusting in division, but uh, nice get, I guess. Uh, if you're a Mizzou fan, Jackson State defensive end Niles Gaddy said, "I'm done with Dion. I want to go play in the SEC." Linebacker Sidney Williams from Florida State, Northwestern defensive lineman Austin Firestone. I wonder if he was one of the guys that got waterboarded in that locker room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, then you got uh, wide receiver Theo Weiss from Oklahoma. Now I know Theo Weiss. This might be a nice get. Uh, solid, yeah, solid. And that's and that's and that's what they did. All right. I think I I think I caught everyone right there. Um, I still think they lost the portal, man. Even though you like, okay, if Garcia ends up, let's say, let's say cook doesn't play well. Garcia comes in and, and he looks great for the rest of the year. That's the only way you win the portal. I, I, and with him being named backup right now, or, you know, I know it, it's potential for, for him to still start, I guess uh, it's summer, but uh, I, I got to say they lost the portal right now. What would you say? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like some of the offensive linemen they brought in, you know, quarterback depth, bringing in Weiss, the wide receiver. But I think losing Lovett is, is, you know, that, that, that's not a, a win right there. I mean, they lost a better receiver than what they brought in. In general, I'm going to mark it up as a slight loss. I mean, they brought in a lot of guys, but yeah, I mean, like I said before, they might have lost their best offensive and best defensive player to SEC opponents, which doesn't help. So uh, I say it's a loss. Yeah. SEC opponents that they play too. Yeah. It's not like yeah. you're going to Mississippi state where you don't see them in once every 30 years. I feel like, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's, let's talk about this offense because they go out and they get, and I just got a chance to interview Jeff Tedford at mountain West media day. Uh, they go out and get uh, Kirby Moore from Fresno state and Tedford uh, not at all concerned about the drop off, but did think Kirby Moore did a great job. And he sure. basically, he basically Ted, Jeff Tedford's an offensive guy. So he basically does the offense. He wants, he teaches these guys and he did this with Kalen DeBauer, And you saw the success of Washington, right? Uh, he was a coordinator. I know people think, well, Caleb Bauer was the head coach of Fresno state. He was the offensive coordinator for Jeff Tedford before that. And Tedford kind of has a farming system. 
he says, and he goes, so we knew that, you know, our offense was going to be very good. So I plan ahead of knowing that, okay, this guy's probably going to get hired somewhere this year. So you kind sure. of have this system set in play, but regardless, uh, he thinks Moore is a, a fantastic uh, coach with a promising future. So, what do you make of that hire? I think change was needed. You know, if you're looking at just in just SEC play, uh, Missouri's offense was ranked 12th last year. They weren't really good at running the ball or throwing the ball. They didn't really do anything good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they go much more pass heavy like Fresno was. But um, on the surface, I think they needed a change, and they hired a guy who's who's had a lot of success as a coordinator. So I like the move. Yeah, and look, let's talk a little bit about that offense. Scoring offense, sixty fifth in the nation a year ago. Rush offense, sixty third. Passing offense, ninetieth. Total offense, eighty first. So those are those numbers right there. And Brady Cook is back now. Um, Cook did not play in the spring game. Which is even more surprising that they have him like penciled in as the starter when Garcia was there, but uh, I guess he was a starter last year and Drinkwitz probably l- trust him a little bit more. But uh, I mean, this is a guy that to me, there were games he looked all right and there were games he looked really bad, and I had a hard he had time. Blunkers. Yeah, I had a hard time understanding who is Brady Cook. Uh, he was just a sophomore year a, a season ago, so you know you can maybe chalk up some of that to youth. Uh, what do you make of the quarterback? So I, you, you got. I think the depth is probably better this season, but I'd agree. Yeah. So this is what Brady Cook's fourth year in, in Columbia, so he's been around for a long time. But you're right, consistency is the problem. Those clunkers, those games against Kentucky, Auburn, and Kansas State were were dreadful last year, and probably not a coincidence that they lost all three of them. Uh, if you look at his stats, he had 14 touchdowns compared to seven interceptions, but six of those touchdowns came against New Mexico State and Abilene Christian. Yeah. That tells you that in the 11 other games that Missouri played. They threw eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. Yeah, that, that passing attack was not. I mean, and they had good receivers too. That's yeah. the thing. They had a solid O line and they had good receivers. So the one problem, or or one of the problems with uh, Drinkwitz's tenure at Missouri, is that he's had subpar quarterback play. Whether it be um, Basilac, yeah. who transferred to Indiana, or now Brady Cook has looked just average. I'd say. So, uh, it, you know, if, if he gets the starting nod, he, he better, you know, play well right away, or we might see Garcia in there. Yeah, the run game, though, they still have uh, Cody Schrader, who was a D2 transfer that, that played well, and then uh, Nathaniel Pete, who was a Stanford transfer a few years ago. Uh, so I kind of like the running back room. Um, it's solid. I mean, both yeah. guys had over 100 carries last year, but neither of them averaged over five yards per carry. They definitely missed uh, Tyler Beatty last season. I'm uh, sure they I, 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 on the I, Ravens, I think. Yeah, and I think th- Broncos, maybe one team. I don't know, but sorry, go ahead. No, I thought they would be a little more active in the portal at the running back spot, but they weren't. So uh, there's that. The Luther Burden, their five star wideout, is back. I, I know people were speculating he would transfer. Uh, I don't know. But he's back. I'd expect a big season because I mean he flashed last year. I mean even though he only had forty five catches for three hundred seventy five yards and and uh, what six touchdowns. He, oh, he, he flashed. had a solid, he's solid freshman season. But you could tell, you could tell there's talent there. I so, actually might even put a little bit of that on Drinkowitz and and the OC from a year ago. It's like when yeah. he when he pops on screen, like you're like whoa, who's that? Um, yeah. I, and and you you talk about Kirby Moore coming in who had Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly. Two very good wideouts at Fresno State. 
I, uh, maybe maybe he finds a way to uh, to make sure that they get Luther Burden the ball and and, and I sure hope so. I expect yeah. a big a big second year for Burden. Uh, they have Mookie Cooper at the other wide receiver spot. They also have uh, Theo Weiss, as I alluded to, the 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 Oklahoma transfer. Um, they also have uh, Darius or Dan, uh, Dennis Jackson from from Ole Miss uh, on that depth chart as well. Uh, t- tight end Tyler Stevens is back. I mean, the passing offense. I still I still think I know they lost Lovett, but I still think it could be pretty good if if they if they can get better quarterback play. I do like the receiver group. So you just, you hit the nail on the head. If they get better quarterback play. Yeah. On the offensive line, they bring back three of five, but once again, they landed the center from Houston, Cameron Johnson, uh, who played tackle. I mean, he played a bunch of different spots and then Marcellus Johnson from Eastern Michigan. So that in a way you could say they got five starters, you know, that have started college football games. Uh, you know, uh, the, I think their left tackle everyone loves is Javon Foster, second team all SEC. Um, I mean, I kind of think the offense will be a lot better just because of the coaching hire and another year of Brady Cook in the offense. I right? think you're right. I think you're right. Now, you know, last year they were kind of conservative on offense, which I, which you could argue maybe helped the defense. But the defense was definitely the star of the team last year. If they get all pass happy, does that have a negative effect on the defense this year? I don't know, but yeah, yeah I agree. I think the offense. Uh, I think there's a, a definite uptick uh, this year compared to last year. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about the defense side of the ball because Blake Baker becoming a star. I feel like people are going to say. I mean, there's already speculation this guy could be a head coach somewhere. Uh, scoring defense 55th, rush defense 31st, pass defense 47th, total defense 33rd. Pretty damn good, uh, all things considering. Now uh, we touch uh, the offensive side of the ball brings back seven starters. The defensive side of the ball brings back eight. All right, and you look at the defensive line. You lose Jeff Coat, but you bring back Darius Robinson. You have Christian Williams, the Oregon transfer at the at the defensive tackle spot. So you bring back what essentially two of four starters on the defensive line. Uh, I know they're excited about uh, Jaden. What is it, Jennigan? Uh, at, at the other defensive tackle spot. Uh, also the linebacker play Tyron Hopper, second team all SEC a year ago. He is back, and also Chad Bailey. They are breaking in a new linebacker and Trevez Johnson from Florida transferring in at the star spot. Um, and then the secondary. Hello, the whole fucking secondary is back. You like so that. you gotta love that. Uh, I mean. Ennis Rakestraw, um, Joseph Carlton, Jalen Charles, Chris Abrams, Drainy, Drani, Drain. I don't fucking know, um, but uh, uh, they're all back. And uh, man, I'm kind of impressed with the defensive side of the ball here. Kicker and punter back as well, special teams wise. Um, I know the thing with the defense. So if I catch you off, I think the defense. The main thing is is pass rush. They were uh, in conference play. They were second best in the SEC in sacks last year. So perhaps that pass rush made made the secondary look better than they actually are. And while they do bring back some guys on the D line, those guys are defensive tackles, good defensive tackles. But the question mark this year is going to be: Can they be as effective as last year rushing the passer? Probably not. But you know, maybe all that experience in the secondary, you know, maybe they get some coverage sacks, uh, but overall you, you have to like this, this uh, defense. It's definitely probably, I would say it's in the top half of sec defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, and I'm kind of optimistic on if they can just get solid quarterback play. When I think of the whole team, I'm like, hey, maybe they'll be a lot better this year. Maybe maybe Drinkowitz shouldn't have got fired. Um, <laughs> look, we're gonna go game by game on the schedule, and hopefully you're watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash The College Experience, um, because you know we have a sweet little graphic behind us talking about the win total, what Vegas expects from Mizzou. But we're gonna go game by game and project just how the Missouri Tigers will do. In 2023. But before we do that, I want to tell you that the College Football Experience Missouri Tigers preview is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Yes, the NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on uh, NFL player props. And I'm telling you, it's available in a ton of markets. So, uh, plus, there's plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure you enter the best ball mania where first place gets $1 million. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars. Once again, that's underdogfantasy.com. promo code S G P N. All right. We are back talking Missouri tiger football and uh, opening Thursday night. Well, first off, if you see this graphic, once again, youtube.com slash the college experience, subscribe to the podcast too, wherever podcasts can be found. But if you see this graphic, you see shout out to Cam Kerr, our graphics guy, six and a half wins is the over and under same as last season as NC Nicholas an easy, such an easy decision by Vegas. Like I could have made that decision in like 10 seconds or not two seconds. Like Missouri, uh, six and a half. Yeah. Very, very easy there. Last year they had to go to Manhattan, Kansas in the non-con. Uh, that you know, but well, I'm curious, what you think? What do you think's tougher? Like, they had a terrible Louisiana Tech team at K State, home to Abilene, home to New Mexico State. You could argue this year's tougher because I actually think it is. This year's tougher because the non-con is South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State. But it's in Columbia. But then you had the neutral site, somewhat neutral site game in St. Louis against Memphis. I think yeah, this is tougher. I guess I don't know, man. I, you know, especially for Missouri, who has not been good on the road under Drinkwitz. I think to have no road games, true road games, uh, out of conference, I think that's a good thing. I mean, in general, they only have four road games on this whole schedule. Yeah, which is always huge. But I, I still think. Uh, we'll get to it. Uh, Thursday, August thirty first, the South Dakota Coyotes. Coyotes coming into town. This one's an easy win. What to know? Yep. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Now is where it gets interesting because week two, Rick Stockstill, NASCAR driver, head coach of Middle Tennessee State, comes into town. Uh, do you know what happened in, with Rick Stockstill in 2016 when he came in to I d- Columbia, I Missouri? I, I've done my research. They won 51 to 45. Yeah. And do you know what happened? I believe this might've been, uh, did they fire Barry Odom after that? They might've, but also in 2003, they played, right? These are the okay. two times they ever played Missouri won 41 to 40. So <laughs> watch out, watch Dude, out with the blue Raiders, man. Uh, this is a, uh, so it's one and one all time. And uh, man, Missouri by the skin of their teeth. Maybe we should put MTSU in the, in the sun, in the sec as well. Um, <laughs> this is what I mean though, is before you had New Mexico state, this is a much more yeah. losable game, middle Tennessee. They won in 2016 here. Now I know no one on that roster, unless they have a Stetson Bennett on their team was on that team, but uh, they beat still, Miami last yeah, they year. beat Miami last year. They've beaten Syracuse at the carrier dome or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. Um, 
It's a sneaky game, man. It's a sneaky game. I'm gonna call for Mizzou because Chase Cunningham is being, you know, he's he's graduated after his ten years in college football, and yeah. But it wouldn't shock me. Would it shock you? No, it wouldn't. Uh, Missouri's offense has been sluggish the last couple of years, which opens the door for upsets. And you know, with a brand new coordinator, maybe they're still working the kinks out in week two. So it, no, it would not surprise me. Like you, I will take Missouri to get the win. It'll probably be maybe closer than some what some people expect, but I think the Tigers will, will will figure out a way to win. All right, and now we go to Kansas State. So I got them two and zero. You got them two and zero, but the Kansas State Wildcats are coming into town. This is, I think, the game of the year for Missouri. First off, like to see this game back on the schedule because as much as Missouri fans probably enjoy that SEC money, you're a fucking Big Eight team. All right, you're a Big Eight team who paid. Who got paid out? But uh, I miss you in the Big Eight, so I like these <laughs> games against uh, your real rivals, not this, not this TV exec nonsense. Um, so, who you taking? I mean, look, this is a winnable game for Mizzou, and they, but they got their ass whooped last year, forty to twelve. They only mustered two hundred and twenty-two yards of offense. Brady Cook threw two interceptions. And then very late, they brought in Jack Abraham, who was the uh, transfer from Southern Miss. He might have one of the best stat lines of all time. He was over three with two more interceptions. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I complete think domination by Kansas State last year. Yeah, and I think they scored on the final play of the game to even get to double digits. Um, with that said, I kind of want to give this game to Missouri. We saw Missouri at home is is, is different, man. They almost beat Georgia last year, and there is, is the revenge angle. I'm going to give it to Missouri. I, I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to give it to Mizzou. I'm not, but I I think it is going to be a very close game because K State doesn't have like this offense that will just. Well, I mean, they blew them out last year, but you know it, it it's different. Um, the, the blowout was partially due to those four interceptions, also. Yeah, I I think field goal game, uh, K State gets it, but I would not be shocked if Missouri got it. It's a right? fun game. I like it. Yeah. Then the very next week at the dome, this filthy, f- why couldn't you play this on campus or at the Liberty bowl? Instead you play at this stupid stadium. <laughs> Gosh, this roller rink. I hate this game because of it. Only XFL games should be played there, right? <laughs> Not even that <laughs> only uh, uh monster truck madnesses should be happening there. Uh, Memphis, Missouri at in St. Louis at that filthy, filthy stadium. One of the worst stadiums in America. Um, now the last time they played Memphis in 2018, Missouri lit them up 22 point win in Columbia, Missouri. Right. I remember watching that though. And I feel like Mizzou opened the doors late. I feel yeah. like that was somewhat of a close game for a while. Uh, Missouri's three and one all time against the Memphis Tigers, Memphis. Bringing back some guys, that, like uh, I know some people are high on them, think they could win the AAC this year. So this is what I mean. I think the schedule is a little trickier this year because Middle Tennessee and Memphis are so much better than New Mexico State and La Tech. But very true. I still, th- I'm still going to take Mizzou. So I got them. I got them three and one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This game could also be pretty close, but I'm going to ride Missouri. So you know, my my fear here is that if there's three close games, can Missouri find their way to win all three of them? But uh, that's the way I have it. Four and zero, and they're about to extend Drinkwitz again. <laughs> and then the final game in September, uh, Saturday, September thirtieth, at Vanderbilt. Oh man, this is the one. Like they won by a field goal last year. 
<laughs> I'm going Vandy. I'm going Vandy. This is where, you know, Missouri is a little overconfident at this point and their first two road trip of the year, I think uh, upset. I smell it coming. I think they trip up on the Commodores and go to four and one. I'm taking Mizzou. I got him four and we both got him four and one, but I mean, this is a fit. Once again, a field goal game to me. Then the LSU Tigers come to town. It's a back-to-back away for LSU. And if you listen to our LSU podcast, I said, man, it's the sneakiest game on the schedule is that game in Columbia, Missouri on October 7th. I still say if you're a Mizzou fan, you wanted it later in the year when it was colder, but it's a sneaky game. I got to take LSU right now, but well, if you recall on that LSU pod, I went Missouri there. You know, I, I do think it's a sneaky spot. I think it's the only game I had LSU losing all season. Um, you know, so now I have Missouri beating K state and LSU. Like, is it realistic? They knock off two really good teams. Maybe not, but that's what I got so far. So, uh, you know, after the, the Memphis win, they were extending drink wits after the Vandy loss, he was back on the hot seat. Now they beat LSU and now he's uh, in their good graces again. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I don't have that. And those fans must've got, they got <laughs> to you last year. Um, so uh, I got them. I got them at uh, four and two I'm and at now, five and one. And now they head to Lexington, Kentucky where uh, there's a game. There's a game. This is one of those ones you circle too. I got Kentucky winning it, but I don't feel great about it. This is probably another field goal game. <laughs> So I will uh, move them to four and three. How about you? Yeah, I like the trend. I think the trend's gonna gonna continue with Missouri struggling on the road. So give me Kentucky and give me a five and two record at this point. Uh, now South Carolina and Spencer Rattler come to town, and South Carolina's. I think I want to say I don't know if you have this nugget pulled up. I want to say they've been terrible in Columbia, Missouri, uh, over the years. But I don't have that up. I, I know. So they, I think they've been bad against Missouri in general because two of those three road wins that that Drinkwitz has in SEC play were at South Carolina. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like Missouri has had their number lately. So I I I, I certainly lean Missouri here, uh, especially as we're getting later into the season here. Uh, who who you taking in this game? Yeah, I'm with you again. I think it's a close game. I think there's a, a lot of 50, 50 matchups in the sec East this year, other than Georgia, but uh, Missouri at home. I like, give me the tigers. Yeah, they haven't won. So South Carolina hasn't won in Columbia since 2017. And that is uh, okay. They won in 13 and double overtime and in 17. That's it. So two times I know they haven't been playing that long, but uh yeah, since 2012, but currently Missouri's on a four-game win streak. So, I feel good about Missouri taking down South Carolina. Same as you, correct? Yeah. So I'm at what six and two. You're at five and three. Yeah, five and three. Now they get a bye week, much needed bye week, because they go into Athens, Sanford Stadium, and and take on the reigning champs, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, this is a loss. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't think Georgia's overlooking them this year and it, it's in Georgia. So uh bulldogs got this five and four, right? And six split. and three. Yeah. Now they host the Tennessee volunteers. Interesting game. November 11th. Uh, you could talk me into a win here. I feel like this is another 50, 50 game. Uh, I know Josh Heupel used to be the OC of Missouri. You know what? Ah, give me, give me a win. Give me a win. 
Yeah, I, at some point, maybe it was in the offseason, but I, I said Missouri's either going to upset LSU or Tennessee at home. I don't think both of them, especially, I mean, look, Kansas, I haven't beaten LSU and Kansas State at home already. They're going to drop one of those. So let me, let me, let me make that be the Tennessee one. And um, I'll disagree with you. I'll say they lose to Tennessee at home. Okay. So now we're at the same record, though, of six and four. Yeah. Yeah. Six and four. Now they're home to the Florida Gators on November 18th. This game's going to be cold for them, Florida boys. I got them winning this one, moving to seven and four. Seven and four. Give me the over. The over cashes. And then on November 24th, they head uh, right day after you're having that turducken. Uh, Black Friday, uh, take it on Arkansas and Fayetteville. I got this one as a loss. Uh, so I got him seven and five, and it's all said and done. How about yourself, NC? Nick? I hate to agree with you, but this was a crazy game last year where Missouri won in Columbia 29 27. I think Arkansas gets the better of them this year. So uh, I have seven and five. I have an over. Word com- agreement. Does how that? Does that? Go ahead. I was gonna say, how confident? Uh, could this be on the locks episode in August? Dude, no way. I have them beating K State and LSU <laughs> to get to seven. Yeah. So definitely not. Yeah, I think they're gonna be between five and seven wins. Let me ask you something though. What is their? So you you think they only have one for sure loss then in in Georgia? That's fair. Uh, it's just a. I I just can't with Brady. I need to see Brady Cook be better, man. I I exactly. don't feel confident at this. I'm saying seven and five, but I don't. They could easily be four and eight. I could build you a case right now, of four and eight, and uh, just yeah. saying their wins I agree. are so. Yeah, like South, let me the, ask you South, this. South Dakota, if, Middle Tennessee. Uh, they they get one of either Memphis or Vandy, and yeah. then they beat Florida. That's four and eight. Yeah. You know, sure. But what were you going to sure. ask me? If we're correct and they're seven and five, do they does Drinkwitz get a fifth year? Probably does. I think he probably I think so. does. Yeah. I think because you have you would have Cook and Burden and others coming back and, and maybe that offense is looking better under the new OC. So I think I think he's safe at seven and five, but are you are you happy as a Missouri fan at seven and five? Yeah, that's where it gets a little interesting. And let me ask you this, and I'll add on to that. What if they go seven and five? But they lose the Boston College in the in the bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's tricky, man. Because I mean, like I said, he's zero two in bowls right now, <laughs> and and chances are, if they go seven and five, it's not like they're going to be in a top bowl. They're going to be playing an opponent kind of like Boston College or somebody <laughs> you know of that level where where they should win. So yeah. if if they lose that, that's a good question. That <laughs> that'll be tough, man. I don't know. And, and I didn't realize they played Boston College two years ago and lost. So that'd be their second Boston time. One. Yeah, that'd be their second <laughs> loss against Boston College uh, in the Drinkwitz era. Folks, uh, look, before we get out of here, I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Michael Barker, AKA College Football Campus Tour, to talk about his experiences to Columbia, Missouri, to Ferro Field, I think it's called. Ferro Field. I was calling it Ferrat for a little bit, like Gus. Um, but uh, here's that interview right, right now. On the college football experience, Missouri Tigers 2023 season preview episode is none other than Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour. Yes, you should give him a follow on Twitter at CFB Campus Tour because his page, well, it's fucking awesome. All right. He's been to every single FBS school, most of the FCS, and D2, D3, all this good stuff. And he documents his travel 
all over his Twitter page. And folks, I'm not talking about he hits 10 games a, a, a season. I'm talking like he goes to like 10 games in two weeks. It's unbelievable. So uh, give him, give him a follow on Twitter at CFP campus tour. And Michael, uh, appreciate you hopping on the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, tentatively, we got 55 games on the regular season schedule with seven Saturdays TBD, and hopefully get two per game on those. So 65, something like that. So we're ready for it. And uh, as always, thank you for having me. Of course, man. And we're now talking about Ferret Field, aka Memorial Stadium, aka the Zoo, right? Don't they say this is the Zoo? Um, I know this stadium. I mean, they used to be in the big eight when I, when I started for first watching college football, they were in the big eight. And this was always like a sneaky place, even though they weren't even good. I feel like the fifth down Colorado play the, uh, the Scott Frost play. Like there's so many moments that I feel like it was always a trap game and you, and, and it still kind of holds that tradition today as Georgia got very fortunate to get out of there last season. Talk to me about the history of ferret field uh, at, at Memorial, whatever they say. Yeah, so Farrow Field uh, opened in 1927, OG capacity, uh, 25,000. Uh, it used to have upwards of 70,000 uh, before uh, renovation was done to reduce it. The largest crowd they ever had, 75, 298, 1980 against Penn State. Uh, it's named after their, uh, their coach, Don Farrow. Uh, it's the only FBS stadium in the state of Missouri. And the most identifiable feature is the rock M above the North end zone, which is uh, white washed rocks that are 90 by 95 feet. And it was done by freshmen originally in 1927 and it's maintained every year. Yeah. And they always have, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, despite not have ever having, a, you know, ever been there, but they also have that cool end zone. Where it's like it's not checkered, but it's it's I don't know what the it's like diamond shaped. Uh, I mean I don't know I, I enjoy that it always stands out to me when it, when I see a game. So tell me uh, about your experiences to to Pharaoh and Field. The T is silent. I keep making that mistake. That's all right. Uh, so, um, so you get when you go to a game, you get corrected very quick if you say the wrong pronunciation. <laughs> so I've I've. Uh, Learn the hard lessons many times. Uh, the only game I went to, so I've, I've been to Farrow Field a couple of times. Only one game. It was the season finale, 2020 COVID season. So it was reduced capacity. It was against Georgia and Georgia. You talked about Georgia in 2022. Well, in 2020, they came to play 49-14. JT Daniels, 299 yards, three touchdowns. George Pickens. 126 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, they, they looked like a beast. And of course they went on to win the 2021, 2022 national championship. So I'm looking for some doubles. Uh, there's some uh, FCS schools in, um, in Missouri, like Lindenwood and SEMO. And I would love to get a double there, but uh, you know, as is the case with many of the schools in the sec, during COVID, it was a blessing because they were actually allowing fans while many other conferences were not. But the other side of that is you didn't get to see the peak atmosphere. You know, the one you're talking about being a trap game or having this, this mystique there that people, uh, you know, sometimes fear. So I'm looking for an opportunity to go back and get a non COVID peak Faro field experience. Yeah, uh, folks. He's like, I'm looking for a double. All right, he, like the, this isn't baseball terms here. He's looking for two games in one day. That's why you should be following Michael's page because sometimes in the last year, I think he went. To, 
went to three games in one day in, in, in North Carolina. I mean, fucking unbelievable uh, folks. Make sure you give Michael a follow at CFB campus tour and Michael. Uh, I hope to one day catch you at the zoo for a, for a Missouri football game. Cause this is that sneaky road trip in the sec where I feel like, you know, yeah, a, you could get snow. I feel like most of the sec schools, you don't really get a chance at snow or rain or something or heavy rain. I mean, I guess all of them have rain, but just cold temperatures. And I feel like this is a sneaky cold spot in the sec, uh, you know, landscape, but uh, yeah, man, maybe we can catch a game sometime. Yeah. And uh, downtown Como is what they call it. Columbia, Missouri, a lot of bars, a lot of cool spots down there. So uh, warm up with a couple drinks, head over to Farrell field, circle back downtown. It would be a good time. So hopefully we can do that in the future. For sure. Folks get out there and follow Michael Barker. I'm telling you, if you love college football, you won't regret it at CFB campus store. Take care, Michael. And thanks for hopping on the show. Uh, Absolutely. On the college, Michael Barker. Whoa, I almost played it again. Uh, yeah, look, Farrow Field, NC Nick. We got to get out there for a game, dude. Especially like a night game there. Like those night games are fun there. So yeah, that would be a great experience. Yeah, I mean, you remember the Scott Frost game? That game was That's crazy. Right. They should have beat Nebraska. Um, yeah, we got to get out there for a ball game, folks. That's our show. I'm on the under, and I'm sorry, I'm on the over. NC Nick's on the over, but we don't feel. Great about it. I don't think you'll be hearing this on the Locks Pod come come uh, August. So uh, stay tuned. Subscribe to the College Football Experience wherever podcasts can be found. Please hop on over to iTunes. Give us a five star review if you can as well. They've been it's been dry in the summer. What are you guys doing? I understand you're on come vacation. On, people. Get on over there. Uh, and also remember, we host the College Basketball Experience. Dennis Gates, great first season. I'm excited about the future. I know you are as well, NC Nick. So sure. uh, when the college basketball season hits, we are here every single night of the season. Subscribe, tell a friend. I also host the college baseball experience with Noah B. Nick and uh, the FCS college football experience. Yes, uh, I host that as well. Subscribe. That's an all separate podcast. Also, the Big 12 experience. So go check on the old the old neighbors. All right. Uh, Big 12 experience. Check out that. We come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Also, check out the sports gambling podcast. All right. They're doing their NFL team by team breakdowns. And I know you Kansas City Chief fans are out there. Check out the sports gambling podcast, the NFL gambling podcast. Get that SGPN app. It's free to download in the app store and Google play store. And uh, yeah, uh, the discord come talk, come talk Mizzou football or basketball or whatever in the discord sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. Uh, all right, folks, until next time, this is the college football experience, Missouri tiger style. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. Run, shoot,